Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Welcome to Inside the Firm. I'm your host, Alex Gore. I'm here with co-host Lance, Luxury Division Psycho. Lance, how are you? Uh, fantastic, but man, doesn't he look, this doesn't look like Adam Steiner at all. Adam, did someone say that? Adam Steiner was the host last week. Oh, yeah, yeah, How yeah. dare you? <laughs> um, if you haven't checked out that episode, that was fun. Um, basically, Adam Steiner and I, uh, Adam Steiner runs, a, I think it's Builder versus Buyer podcast. And he's been on the podcast before, and uh, it, we've been on his show, and so he and I did like a little crossover episode. Mr. Al Gore was gone, building a tiny house. Yep. Um, so thank you, Adam, for that. It was great. Next question to you. Mm-hmm. What's going to the moon? Bitcoin. Bes- correct. Besides Bitcoin. Uh, Elon Musk. Yeah, maybe. Sure. Okay. Uh, also, Revit rocket ship. All right. It's Revit, but it's a rocket ship, so it's going to the moon. Uh, consistently getting new people. If you're not jumping on this bandwagon. That's awesome. At least checking it out. At least looking what the program has. Um, if you even want to go and try it out, and if you don't like it, money back guarantee. Try it out. Um, go ahead. A lot of professionals are doing it. Some some brand new professionals. Some mm-hmm. just trying to get a couple things to increase their workflow so that over the next 30 projects or 20 years, I mean, holy cow, you save an, an hour each project mm-hmm. over 30 years? Crazy. Crazy. Might even might even be more. Go check it out at RevitRocketShip.com. I also want you to check out PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm today because you have never experienced a brand like this before. The collection of brands within the luxury division of Pella are the conversation starters, the pioneers of the industry who provide window and door solutions to discerning architects, the building industry, and beyond. They have decades of experience creating things no one else in the world is creating, and the collection of brands are brought together to complement and build on one another. And they don't push beyond the limits. They set them. So explore PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm today. Do us a favor because we want Pella to continue supporting this podcast. And the only way they will is if you visit that link. So that's PellaLuxury.com forward slash the firm. Check those guys out. Order some windows. Get your clients involved in the trend setters. Uh, last, as design and architecture demand increases towards pre-pandemic levels and beyond. How and you? How are you and your firm keeping up? I'll tell you how. Arcat here. Arcat is here to help. Arcat.com offers several free tools to help architecture and design firms like yours, like mine, like Al Gore's, get work done faster. Imagine if you coupled it with Revit Rocketship. Amazing. Use Arcat's powerful search engine to find the right products for your projects and download BIM, CAD, and specifications right there on the same page without needing to pay or register. Arccat.com also offers product videos. That's one of my favorite parts because they'll even show you like how to install stuff. Catalogs, green reports, product certification, information, outline, and short form specification generation, and more. Arccat.com is your one-stop solution to help increase your productivity 
and get projects, get more projects done. That's arcat.com, A-R-C-A-T.com. Okay. You want to know what's hard, Lance? Building is very hard, but rewarding. <laughs> okay. You want to know what's hard about building is closing out a project. Oh, it's the hardest part. On time. You want to know what else is hard is starting a new project at the same time that you've never done before. What's the solution to that? Normally, you have a business partner. If someone's closing it out, mm-hmm. someone else can start the next project. Mm-hmm. But what if that business partner is closing out his own project? Literally working until 8 to 10 p.m. for the last two weeks in a row. God bless my wife. And then also also taking over uh, the CU teaching stuff. Then he, then he, he, he doesn't have much time. <laughs> then, then you're in the boat that we're in. Yeah. <laughs> then you're in the boat that we're in. Um, so... It's just, it's a few weeks of pain. I've been feeling it. The last three weekends, I think I've had one day at home. Good. And then uh, <laughs> then my wife was like, okay, you're taking the kids. And then I was, the little one, I mean, holy cow. He put up so much, fit. like we were trying to go shopping. He would just stop in the middle. Of, he stopped in the middle of the street. And then if you picked him up, he would kick you what and hit heck? you. Yeah, I was like dealing with enough assholes. You know what's hilarious is he's complaining about all of these small children. But yeah, tiny. And I got to tell you, I would trade that in a heartbeat for the older children because the older children are out of control. Uh, just lamenting. Yes. So um, this will lead, the listeners will know, not the people that are coming down for ARE Jeopardy, yep. but one of the main problems in construction is literally under uh, underestimating the project tasks, scope, and difficulties. So remember when we had the five-year review for Mm -hmm. one of our staffs? Mm -hmm. So during that time, I just came back from the plumber. One of the things was leaking in the tiny house, right? So that wasn't working. He, uh, one piece he couldn't find. I had to come up like to this meeting. Um, then we found out that some bracing under the tiny house wasn't put together. Mm -hmm. Then when I'm in that meeting, all of a sudden, I get a text from him and says, hey, the water heater's not on because there's no water in it and it will fry it and then it will be, you'll have to replace the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, the power's on the unit. Hopefully the breaker's, you know, switched off. He's like, I'll check, but if I come back and if it's on, it's fried. All of a sudden, that, that wasn't fried, um, which was good. And then all of a sudden, it was, you know, like late and I had, oh, then we're taking our kids to this new school orientation. Yeah. And I told my wife I'd be there. And then like it's starting and I'm not there. And yeah, like uh, what's that movie? That that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger where he turns Kindergarten in, Cop? No, no. It's a Christmas movie. He turns into... Just Santa, isn't it? No, no. Not Santa. You're thinking about I'm someone sorry, else. I'm sorry. Keep going. Uh, are you looking it up? Yeah. He, he he turns into some action figure. Jingle all the way. Yeah. All right. And he never makes it to his kid's stuff. And I'm like, dang, that's <laughs> what's happening right now. So then, and then it's the- It's okay. Uh, trust me. Once you're teenagers, they just reject you entirely. So it's like- Yeah. And they don't remember when you were, they wanted you so badly when you were they're no. little. You, you cannot win. No. It's going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Here's where you win. Sometimes what you get them to do is you get to do, you get them to do things you don't want to do. I just make them do chores, right? There you and go. that's how you're winning. There you go. There you go. So then that night, the welder was supposed to be doing stuff. Yeah. Didn't get that done. So then the next morning, I started doing like all these tasks, like under the the trailer and all that. And then I realized like I'm underestimating the scope. 
had to call Rawson. And then like two hours later, I'm like, I'm still underestimating everything that needs to get done. Calling Richie, like just like needed to get what, done. What I, what I described the last, what would you, what would you say? You're in the last 1%, 2% of the project? We had 0.5. Just, okay. For the, the last 0.5% of a project, a construction project, I, it seems like no matter no matter how well you plan it out, no matter if you have all the materials, all the labor there that you need, it is a Herculean, 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 Herculean effort. Gosh, I thought I was going to get that. It is a Herculean effort there you go. to finish that last 5%. And I don't know why. I, I don't know why. I don't know what is the deal with it. But, but I think it's because everyone underestimates how much it's going to take. And then they leave it to the last the last minute. Oh, all I have to do is connect these few things, and yeah. then you, and then everyone. Oh, I just have to finish some things. All up. I gotta do, all I gotta do is install two two dual door closers, uh, the, the 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 swing doors for the cabinets at the POS. Go to Home Depot, get some replacement uh, brackets, install that shelf, put the yeah But then you realize like, oh, hey, everything's cleaned up, it's all done, and then all of a sudden you see like. Oh, this drawer hits that drawer. Shit. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Yeah. So that's where you're at. Know that that happens. Know that, you know, we're all, we're working on making it better. The, the only thing that messed us up was just the timing. Like if, if, yeah. if you weren't closing the, pro- if I wasn't closing the same project the same time you if were. If the tiny house would have uh, been done. If it would have started it earlier, you know, yep. that was a big thing that Alan and I went hee-hawing back. Oh. Well, it was just brutal. Yep. So it is what it is, but just I think the biggest the lesson here is the light is oh there's always a light at the end of the tunnel a tunnel every problem can be solved. I was telling my son this yesterday, like no matter what Kyler, you, 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 I don't care what problem there is, like it can always be solved. It's impossible. What's impossible is that it's impossible. There's no such thing as impossible. Yep. Make that happen. Speaking of that, did it you- has been three weeks since we've been back inside the farm. Do you realize that? Oh wow! Did yep. you get in your email? The pl- last final plumbing invoice to my tiny house. I did not. Okay. Okay. Cool. No worries. So that that's that's uh that's doing things the hard way. What, what do you got? <laughs> what do I got? I have. Uh, by the way, so let me pull it up here. Let me get the screen recording. So uh, the title of today's podcast is called "What Is the Real Cost of Inflation for Your Staff." So if you have staff like us, uh, let me hit record here so everybody on the YouTube can see what I'm about to pull up. I don't know what picture is going on here. It is, uh, don't worry about that picture. It is, uh, they're just, even New York, the New York Post, the nation's oldest paper needs to make money. Third, third, third oldest paper. Um, so. Uh, I've got an article pulled up here on the New York Post. It is called, it is titled, Real Cost of Inflation to Average American Household, an Extra $175 a Month. Why does this matter to you if you're a business owner? Because you have employees and it costs money to them to employ them. It costs money um, to make sure that they're able to literally feed themselves uh, and, and then hopefully put some money away for emergencies, right? So we hear all these numbers all the time from... Uh, the corporate press, the cathedral, the mainstream media, whatever you want to call them. And and obviously, I would include with that, like, I'm not sure there's much of a separation between the government and the media at this point. So the numbers you hear are like 5.4%, 5.6% inflation. What is the real impl- inflation number? Because if you're trying to maintain staff and procure and keep them, 
is a 5.4 or 5.6% raise really the number you need to be hitting or is it something more? Is it something more? So I want to unpack this a well, little bit. Well, no, if you give them 5%, you're not giving them a raise. You're literally, exactly. That's, yes. Yep. You're just giving them inflation. Yep. So further on in the article here. So <clears throat> over the past couple of months, Allison, a wife and mother of a toddler and teenager in Chicago, she says she's been spending $50 more each week on groceries to feed her family. And that's at a discount supermarket chain. Quote, I use $70. I used to spend 70 bucks a week. Uh, but all of a sudden this summer, I noticed that I couldn't leave the store without spending at least 120 said Allison, who works in education. Like millions of Americans whose income has not kept pace with inflation, that's the point of this, up three, up 5.3% in August compared with a year ago, Allison and her family are feeding, feeling the pinch of the rising cost of living and giving up some things just to make ends meet. Her family is scrimping now. There are no more splurges like going to Home Depot to buy an extra plant or eating out, Allison said. Spurred by supply shortages and massive government spending, inflation has become an added tax on the American middle class coming out of the COVID lockdowns. For households earning the median U.S. annual income of about 70000 current inflation rate has forced them to spend another $175 a month on food, fuel, and housing. And you cannot get away from having to spend money on those things, right? Yeah. Like... You need to drive. Uh, yeah, right? And, and you need to live somewhere. So that's why it's so important to drill down on this. According to Mark Zandi, chief economist at Moody's and Analytics, that's the equivalent of a full grocery, electric, or cell phone bill, Zandi said. Although government officials have called the inflation transitory. Transitory. <laughs> it's running at a 30-year high and has been for months. Unpredictable supply chain issues, and trust me, they're going to get worse, especially with these mandates. Inc- Even if it's a year... Let's say it's a year. That doesn't that doesn't negate that 175 times 12 is like 2100 2, or whatever it is. Yeah. Like if you are at a fixed salary, yeah. doing fixed things. Yeah. You got to cut stuff out like they just said. Yeah. Yeah. Uh including a record number of more than 70 cargo ships waiting to dock at the port of Los Angeles have made it difficult to predict when prices will stabilize to make matters work. A trucker shortage has exasperated the situation and shows no signs of abating. Everything from wood to electronics is becoming scarcer and more expensive. And like I just mentioned, the mandates, it sounds like it's going to make it even worse because a lot of people are not down with these mandates. Many customer experts do not see any immediate relief in sight, with some bracing for a surge in credit card debt. During the pandemic, many consumers had paid down the debt because they were spending less while collecting larger unemployment checks. But since April, credit card balances and delinquency rates have been ticking up after decelerating for the most of the pandemic, according to Zandi. Delinquencies are up 1.54% as of September 21, compared with 1.30% on April 21. Prices, price increases will continue until the middle of next year, predicted Gordon Haskett analyst Chuck Grom. Uh, pointing out, pointing to a PepsiCo announcement this week that consumers can expect another round of pricing hikes early in 2022 on the company's snacks and beverages. Here's where the real numbers come into play. Here, so I've there's a lot of data that I'm you know talking about here in this just reading from this article, but data man. The remember the, the some they even stated earlier in the article, right? Something like um, was it 5.3 percent is what they're claiming? Yeah, 5.3 percent. 
okay, and I've said 5.4 or 5.6, it's kind of in that range is what you're hearing these, I would call them buzzword, buzz numbers. Uh, indeed, a back to the article, indeed, a 10-ounce bag of Lay's potato chips, Frito-Lay, is owned by PepsiCo, costs uh, $3.75, $3.75 in August, 50 cents more than a year earlier. Let's do some quick math, okay? I'm pulling it up on my screen here. 0.5 divided by 3.75, 13%. That's 13%. What was that for, Pepsi? That was for a bag, yes, ah. a bag of Frito-Lay chips. 13 13% increase, right? The prices of other items have also ratcheted up at the discount chain, including a 12-ounce Coca-Cola can that cost 5.75 in August, 50 cents more than in 2020, right? So let's see that number. Uh, 0.5 divided by 5.75. 8%. Boy, this seems like it's a lot more than the five point, right? At its uh, 50 cents more than in 2020 at its Southwest stores and a half a gallon of 2% store brown milk that costs, uh, that now costs $4.49. 74 cents more than a year earlier. I think you know where I'm going with this, right? So 74 cents uh, divided by 4.49. Man, that's 16% increase on the milk. Do your children drink milk, Al? They do. My children also drink a ton of milk. We're chocolate milk people, though. Oh, that's good. Good for for y'all. According to Grom, uh, at family dollar stores in the Northeast, the 12-pack of Coke costs six point. Uh, uh, $6.90 in August, up $1.50. And a can of Folgers coffee costs 85 cents more, $8.80. Let's just do the coffee real quick here. Uh, I couldn't live without coffee. That's 9.6% increase. In the Big Apple, grocery store chains uh, Gristides and D'Agostino's have increased prices by as much as 15% on chicken wings and beef, 10% on milk, 5% on eggs, while non-food and related items have gone up by 10%. What's more, consumers are reporting that it's more difficult to cover their usable expenses. The number of U.S. households that reported it is very difficult to pay their usual expenses has increased by 8% since August to $26.5 million, according to August 6th Census Bureau's Household Pulse Survey. Allison recently reached out to a debt relief attorney, Leslie Tain, to help her consolidate and lower her outstanding debt, which includes a hefty student loan. Quote, my business has exploded, Tane told the Post. Mm. So uh, if you are, the lesson here is, if you are in a position where you're need to, where you doing your annual review with employees and you're looking at you know your standard rate of inflation, I would look a little bit deeper if I was you and really consider what it is, what is their real rate of inflation because I don't think it is this 5%. Got it. That's what I got, Al. What uh, about housing? Oh, I've got one there too. Yeah. So uh, everybody already knows this. Um, back up on the screen here. Uh, another article I want to talk about. So uh, my wife has uh, one house that she's listed about a month and a half ago. It never sold. They never even got an offer. Um, a lot of it had to do with the paint scheme of the house. It was just Insane. It was insane. Yeah. It was insane. Um, color, like imagine a staircase and then different colored banisters. I'm not just a clown, like a clown house. Imagine yeah. if a clown lived in a house. Okay. And it was like, I got to paint my 
house to reflect me. Yeah, my insides are now on the outside. <laughs> Love it, Cologne House. <laughs> okay. So they repainted I, everything. So they took it off the market and they repainted the whole thing. Spent $12,000. Okay. And, and then they put it back on the market for the same price that it was on before. They're getting more showings, but still, it's been on the market for since Tuesday. Um, it's Friday today, so a couple days. Yeah, Saturday you'll probably get some. Saturday, my wife's holding her seventh open house, which is not normal. Usually there's one. Yeah. <laughs> so I started looking into it and started thinking, and, and I've just, with your ear to the ground and and, and um, the various podcasts I listen to, like, where is housing landing at this point? Because you've already heard me rant multiple times on this podcast about um, people who think there's a bubble. And um, I don't think there's a bubble because just the fundamental factors are not there anymore. You can go back and check and see if the, mm. you think there is. My wife did an episode on Monday Morning Coffee. Check that out again if you if you don't believe me. She runs on all the data. But where is it headed next? Because uh, we've had a crazy run. We we have personally invested in real estate over the last year that we've seen returns like almost instant returns. It's amazing. So here we go. Uh, Fortune.com came out with a wonderful article just yesterday, hot off the press. It is titled, The Historic Run on Home Prices is Set to Wind Down in 2022. Instead of creating a housing bust, the pandemic helped spur one of the most competitive and tight housing markets in recorded history. Between August 2020 and August 2021, home prices soared to a record 19.9%. That seems like it's more than 5.4%, Al. Uh, <laughs> is 19 greater than 5 <laughs> I did. It baffles me. Okay. I don't know. And, I and, don't know, Lance. <laughs> at dwarfing. So back to the article. Dwarfing the previous biggest 12-month price jump, 14.1%, which came in the period leading up to the 2008 meltdown. Now, this is where people get all hyped up and think there's a bubble because of that comparison right there, right? We dwarf this on this last little boom. We dwarfed. Uh, we beat that other uh, jump that happened right before the meltdown in 20, 2008. So I have some empathy, right? Back to the article. But that level of price growth is expected to come down. This fall, the housing market finally started to slow a bit. See, I was just—I was even seeing it on the ground and I had to investigate it myself. Yep. As a bit more inventory hit the market and fewer buyers engaged in bidding wars, while the industry benchmark S&P, CoreLogic, Case-Shiller, Home Price, Inde- price Indices have yet to publish readings for September and October, industry insiders told Fortune they are starting to see price growth decelerate. We've fallen into, quote, we've fallen into a more boring housing market compared to what we've seen since the start of the pandemic, end quote. Ali Wolf, chief economist at Zonda, told Fortune. Yeah. Despite the pervasiveness of sticker shock, some consumers are choosing to charge forward in today's less feature-free market to secure a home and lock in historically low and, they put in quotes, and rising mortgage rate. Mm. The housing market is still moving upward, albeit a slow pace. That slowing, or so-called normalization, is expected to continue next year into next year. Even Every 2022 forecast model fortune has reviewed anticipates that price growth will slow down next year, the projected growth range among these forecasts is all over the place. However, Fannie Mae sees prices rising 7.9% in 2022. I'd, yeah. That's a lot. That's more than five point something. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> God. So it, it's great seeing your assets or homes appreciate. Yeah. But still, I would like it to be under 5% because 
I think it's crazy that and people we, have to pay. And it. we probably agree. It, when you have this level of over year over year inflation, I mean, no matter what it is, that seems unsustainable. It's unsustainable. It's not good for the Slow whole economy. Steady. Slow and steady. Um, let's say stocks are at eight percent. Let's say inflation is supposed to be at three. So if if your house goes, you know, five percent, you're 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 in there. Um, I was most rates you could have got for the last year if you had good credit and all that about two point seven five plus or minus. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at them right now today. I didn't know that they went up. Now they're at about three point two. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is this is a website I use that then reflected. Because over the last couple of years, we've bought a couple of things. So it's pretty accurate. That's mm-hmm. that's a difference there. Research is more bullish, projecting a 13.6% price growth in the next 12 months. And Ed Pinto, director of the American Enterprise Institute's housing center, told Fortune's Sean Tully that prices could still rise in the high single to low double digits. The most bearish 2022 outlook comes from CoreLogic, a Fortune 1000 real estate data firm. Earlier this week, the company went so far as to downgrade its price growth estimate in the com- for the coming 12 months, going from 2.2% to 1.9%. Okay. Stagflation is what I would call it. At, uh, if that rate of price growth comes to fruition, it would mark the lowest price jump since 2012. The reason? Al, were you going to say something? No, I was wondering. Well, there's a lot going on. For starters, stubbornly high inflation has increased the odds that the Federal Reserve will raise interest mm-hmm. rates. They got to they got to do something even though I've said for years they're in a corner. There's nothing they can do. They haven't tested negative rates. They can. Uh, and thus mortgage rates sooner than later. The average 30-year fixed mortgage, which is currently 3.09 or 3.2 like I said, uh, could rise. Yeah, we just updated it that today. Uh, could rise near or above 4% next year. Of course, higher mortgage rates put downward pressure on the prices. Then there's a combination of the return of seasonality after being absent during the abnormal 2020 cycle and the end of COVID-19 mortgage forbearance protections, which have helped send, helped to send inventory rising again. There's more. Ooh, gotcha. And this is, this, this is uh, directed at you, fellow employers, right? There's more. If employers actually bring staffers back into the office, that could cut down on home buying in second home markets and exurbs, as CoreLogic CEO Frank Martell put it in his company's latest outlook report. As we head into 2022, we expect some moderation in the current pattern uh, of flight away from the urban cores as the pandemic wanes. Can, can you imagine if it does go down to that? I, I bet you the news outlets and stuff will be indicating panic when when I don't think that they should. Yeah. Last paragraph here, but sellers are and buyers are alike might be wise to take all of these forecasts with a grain of salt. After all, when the pandemic struck last year, CoreLogic and Zillow forecasted that housing prices would fall through <laughs> early 2021. <laughs> the opposite occurred. The economy shed the COVID-19 recession by May 2020, and the housing market was off to the races, and it, it was nuts. The bombshell that dropped on Tuesday might also undermine some people's confidence. While announcing this week that it was shutting down its unprofitable home flipping business, Zillow CEO Rich Barton admitted that his firm isn't very good at forecasting prices. We've determined the unpredictability in forecasting home prices far exceeds what we anticipated. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> there you go. I, 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 what's what's to take from this? Here's here here here's the thing I want everybody to think about that hopefully they're not thinking about. And maybe we set you up for success is. Al has said multiple times in various lectures and podcasts, uh, 
how do how are you how are you helping your firm extend profitability, extend workloads? Mm-hmm. If you are considering becoming an architect to builder, and you go to architectbuilder.com and check out that course, if let's say the housing market does slow down like they say it's going to, okay, and and all of a sudden you don't have as much overflowing work as you're having coming into your firm, because because think about this cycle, maybe they're done with the design phase, and what would they be moving into the construction phase? Yep. If once that money is alloc- allocated and the deal and the deal is signed from the bank, what do you like to say, Al? The project won't stop. Project won't stop. Yep. It's funded. You have you have work secured. Yep. And and to add on to that, like I said, people are prone to semi panic. Look at the yeah. toilet paper thing. Um, look at like when the stock market crashes, people go down. Uh, Bitcoin. When Bitcoin goes down, it it's the it's a Ponzi scheme that's going to crash everything. When it goes up slightly, it is going to the moon. And I'm a part of that crowd too, right? So even if the economy isn't that bad or housing prices are slowing down, people might panic slightly. And trying to bridge that three to four months would be a lot easier with a construction project under your belt. You got it, buddy. You have got it. Should we talk about, should we go to like, the best guy that's an architect and also a contractor doing this? Absolutely. Well, here's Nick. The tall, he's so tall, too. Like 7'4". Yeah. He's taller than Mark LePage. It's insane. Yeah. Mark, you hear that? I know. Yeah. You know we're not lying. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Nick with Nick Reeds. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. Of course. Now I am too old to be much of a fisherman. And now, of course, I usually fish the big waters alone, although some friends think I shouldn't. Like many fly fishermen in western Montana, where the summer days are almost arctic in length, I often do not start fishing until the cool of the evening. Then in the arctic half-light of the canyon, all existence fades to a being with my soul and memories and the sounds of the big Blackfoot River. In the four-count rhythm, and the hope that a fish will rise. Eventually, all things merge into one, and a river runs through it. The river was cut by the world's great flood and runs over rocks from the basement of time. On some of the rocks are timeless raindrops. Under the rocks are the words, and some of the words are theirs. I am haunted by waters. Norman MacLean a river runs through it, and other stories. Toodles! Great movie. Watch that movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, please do. How it relates to architecture, I don't know, central design, awesomeness. Just maybe a good quote. Here, here's here's why I think it relates to architecture. Is What, what that quote described was... Uh, what people who meditate try to get to. Mm. And they get to try... They get to... They try to get to a state of just being right so and when you're at the state of being and if you're a designer and you're an architect or even a business owner who does creative stuff separate from those things that's where your creativity flows isn't that where flow happens yep yep i love it that's great i love it too okay now let's uh question our staff with airy jeopardy bye bam
All right, ready? Question number one. What is the major cause for project delays? Not only does the answer come from experience, but there was a paper that I read that uh, the National Association of Home Builders or something investigated because major projects are always, uh, always, delays are always happening in major projects and they wanted to know what was the reason for that. And they came down to something actually kind of simple, right? So is it A, underestimating the project or task scope and difficulty? B, uh, payment of performance? C, missing information? Or D, plumbing delays? What's it? Yep. Do do do. Are we ready? A. Yeah. A, 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 A. And then C. So C is missing information. And this is kind of ARE because that could lead to the correct answer, which is A. Um, so it is underestimating the, the scope and difficulty of, of what you're doing. And that, like, I will hear that from subs. I'll hear that all the times. And, and that was the feedback that they, that they heard is like, Whenever you have something complex or uh, long or something like that, everyone underestimates it. Okay, uh, so what that means is that if you are laying out like a project schedule and they like give buffers to like all the subs because they're gonna walk in there and be like, yeah, I know I said I'd be done, but this and this, and it's all gonna be, seem logical. And then you're gonna wanna say like, well, this is your job, why didn't you think about this? But planning is your job, so why didn't you think about that? They're gonna underestimate it. Um, and major projects are full of professionals and they still do it. Okay. What is the tolerance? What tolerance is considered level for wood frame floor construction? Okay. If you put a level on it, what is the rule that, okay, that's good enough. Is it a, an eighth inch to a foot? So you can have an eighth inch fall in a foot, B a quarter inch foot, a quarter inch and 10 foot. So you can have a quarter inch difference in 10 foot. Is it C, a quarter inch in one foot? Or D, an eighth inch in 10 feet? What was the first one you said? A quarter, an eighth inch to a foot. Do, 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 do. D, 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 A. Did anyone say B? A quarter inch and 10 feet. That's what it is. Uh, <coughs> did you know that? Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. But remember on one of the projects, they kept on asking. And that's and then like um, Mark was doing L over 240, 360. But like this is a way you can explain it to, yep. And you guys will notice that we have a long level and that long level has legs and the legs are to put it down. You can go from like six foot to 12 foot and you can do this on walls too because if you just put it on the floor and if there's like a little bump or a little dust in there, like that could put it out. But if you have little feet, you can put it on there and see if it's level. And then what I had is we have a digital level that does it digitally and can convert it to anything that you want and it's magnet. So you just put that on the big one, good to go. All right, question number three. What is the maximum height that the top of an ADA countertop at the point of sale in a mercantile shop can be installed at? Is it A, 36 inches? You should know this, Reeves. B, 40 inches. C, 42 inches. D, 48 inches. Maximum height, ADA countertop, point of sale, mercantile shop, 
what is it? A, 36 inches. B, 40 inches. C, 42 inches. D, 48 inches. At DOG. That's what you wanted at. At DOG. Are you contemplating right now, Rebecca? Are you worried about the shame? Okay. A, C. Uh, A, 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 A. The correct answer is A. 36 inches. Correct. All right, number four. What is the maximum height that an eighty that the top of an ADA compliant toilet can be? What is the maximum height top of an ADA compliant toilet can be? A sixteen inches. B seventeen inches. C eighteen inches. D nineteen inches. What is the maximum height that the top of an ADA compliant toilet can be? That is all I'm giving you, Jason. All right, B C B. B. Correct answer is D. 19 inches. Uh-huh. What do we got? How many? <laughs> Uno, dos, dos. Dos. Okay, we have a tiebreaker. Who Uh-oh. did the tiebreaker? Mark. Mark. All right, you are going to have to write down an answer. Everyone gets a chance that's eligible before you can answer again. <clears throat> Fastest wins. Fastest wins. And you can be within 3% for this one. Lumber is typically subjected to air seasoning or kiln seasoning to control the moisture content and susceptibility to fungal decay. Below what percentage of moisture content is lumber considered dry lumber and no longer green lumber? We have 14. 14%. Next guess. Yep. 21. 21 is within 3%. The answer is 19% is dry lumber. Well, thank you. We, uh, Reba's our winner. She gets to pick lunch no matter what. She can say anything that she wants. Where are we going? She'll pick it in a little bit. <laughs> just, uh, Lance, take us out. I wish Hefe's, right? Oh, no, please don't because I won't be there. Aha! Not Hefe's. I won't be there. <laughs> yeah. well, we'll Not figure it out. Something you, other than Hefe's. If you like this Runza, episode. Runza! Go to Runza! Oh, second grade cafeteria food. Yep. Runza, if you're listening, I will still read for you if you pay me money. Uh, if you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review if you're listening terrestrially on iTunes, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, whatever it takes. If you're watching on the YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Smash the like button. We'll see you next week.